Anything combat with Johnny K. But it's anything combat though. Welcome back to the Anything Combat Show where we discuss everything mixed martial arts. I'm your host, Johnny K. Today we're joined by a special guest. He represents Israel. Please welcome welterweight Shimon Smotrisky. How are you, Shimon? What's up, my friend? All good. Just finished today the last part of my camp. Uh, feeling ready to fight very soon. So you're tall as, dude, for welterweight. You're 6'2". I always ask fighters, what's your weight cut like? Is it, is it difficult? Never fun. It's around like 30 pounds in the whole training camp. I live like uh, the last day around 2 pounds, something like that. You fought Mike Mallet. People think he's crazy, dude. People think that he's going to be ranked maybe around the, like, top seven, top six area. What do you think about him? Do you think he's got those skills or how do you how do you feel about that fighter seeing that you fought him? Yeah, obviously Mike is a very skilled fighter, probably the most skilled fighter I ever fought. Uh, it's very good and there is no room to mistakes uh, when you fight him and I did the mistake. Uh, about his rankings, I don't know what the future holds for him. He also like not a kid. I do think he's very good. He might enter the top 15, but uh, I don't think he will uh, like enter the top 10 or something like that. But who knows, yeah? But uh, yeah, anyway, about our fight, I think uh, I was uh, too young to fight in this level. Like for myself, I was too emotional. Uh, I wasn't thinking uh, thinking very clear and. Uh, I did few like mistakes, you know, that came from emotions that uh, caused me. And of course, uh, against like good opponents in this level, uh, like uh, on each mistake you can pay. And uh, yeah, I learned from this. And uh, now I'm much better fighter. Who's your favorite fighter? Uh, in the UFC? Anyone, anyone. Could be pride, could be boxing, Muay Thai, whatever you want. Uh, let's say I started MMA because of uh, Fedor Emelianenko. Oh, uh, huge! What a fighter! What a fighter! Yep. Yeah, he's uh, like also I coming from a Russian family, so uh, I was watching uh, his fights with my big brother and my dad, and uh, we always was uh, like big fans. And uh, I saw like Fedor how he fight, and man, this guy is a beast, and I just wanted uh, like uh, to be like him, you know, and. Uh, I saw this like when he won Pride with all the belts and the big trophies and stuff, and he was like a superstar. And I also like to fight, so you know, for me it's like like a goal. What uh, countries have you traveled to, and what's your favorite travel destination? Probably Thailand. Probably you like Thailand? Thailand? Uh, where do you go in Thailand? Thailand, I've been twice. I trained at the Tiger Muay Thai. I think it's uh, one of the best training camps uh, in the world. They train with the big names, uh, very good fighters over there. And also, I mix it uh, very well. I went uh, in the last time with my girlfriend, and you know, like between training, sometimes you go to rest in the pool, eating fresh fruits. Everything is cheap, everything is like very comfortable. The like the most beautiful uh, beaches over there. So, I like the mix between like, uh, you know, a uh, very cool uh, lifestyle and the uh, very good trains. Shimon, what are your goals and aspirations for the sport of MMA? What do you want to do in the next two years? What do you want to do in the next five years? Yeah. Uh, in the next two years, I see myself enter to the UFC. Uh, 
it might be third contender, it might be like a short notice fight, I might go straight in. I don't know, right now I fight in 12 days, I focus to win, you know, keep winning my, uh, like, keep building my winning streak and uh, getting the experience uh, I need. And uh, after I get to the UFC, I think I see myself like in five years, enter the top 15. Because right now I'm sparring uh, world champions and sparring a top 10, top 5 UFC guys every day in the gym. We train together. I see where I am at. I see my level. And uh, I just need to transfer my uh, my skills from the sparring to, to the cage. And when I'm going to do it, uh, a lot of people are going to be in trouble. What was Jorge Masvidal like? I think the promotion is uh, is nice. It's like uh, obviously not uh, like one of the best promotions in the world, but like for UFC Fight Pass, it's a very organized and a good promotion. Uh, yeah, actually, I fought his friend. He's very good friend that I always see him uh, in the embedded and stuff, and I know they are very close. And I was surprised by how Jorge was professional with me. You know, this guy was very very nice to me. And I fought and one is uh, one of the best friends. And uh, he shake my hand like before, told me good luck after the fight. He told me congrats. And uh, even though his friend like uh, did like a stupid mistake in the fight and like did illegal strike, still Jorge came to me and tell me, yeah, it was like a stupid action and I'm sorry about that. And like uh, gave me only compliments and said I'm a great fighter with good future in you. It's like... I was kind of surprised because I thought uh, one of, of his best mates, and uh, yeah, from this like uh, from this conversation, he looks uh, really, really cool, cool and good guy. Who got you started in MMA, and what year? Like, what age? Um, what age were you when you started? Uh, I started uh, mixer uh, mixed martial arts. Uh, MMA in 14, but I was training martial arts all my life since I'm four years old. I was training uh, Japanese Jiu-Jitsu, then transferred to Judo, Karate, started boxing when I was 12. And then uh, when I was 14, I took it seriously. Uh, I started to do MMA, compete in uh, amateur MMA. I compete a lot in uh, BJJ. Uh, I got great results in BJJ. I was uh, in juniors world champion, European champion a few times. <clears throat> and uh, yeah, my like when I took it very to the next level was when uh, I was 17 years old. I went uh, to my first uh, training camp outside of Israel. It's been in SBJ Ireland. It was right before uh, Connor fought with Habib. I saw everything. I saw the preparation. I saw the sparring, the sparring partners. I experienced to work with high-level people, and uh, this is what uh, inspired me and motivated me to become better become greater and uh, I saw that uh, if those guys can do it if Connor like can do it is like uh, you, you know I was talking with him like in uh, in between trains and stuff and he's like human like me like you and uh, it it motivates me a lot that if uh, this guy you know he start from nowhere and uh, look where he is now uh, I can do that too did you just say that you spoke to Conor McGregor when did that happen yeah w- when I was 17 years old I uh, I was uh, went uh, my first time to the training camp in SBJ Ireland in Dublin, and uh, I was training there a lot. And I trained obviously like uh, in the same team with Connor, not with Connor himself because uh, Connor trained with uh, maybe four or five uh, guys, specific guys. He don't like to train with new guys. I can understand him why, 
and uh, I was seeing him a lot. He was uh, like actually he came to me first, and I was like shocked. You know, Conor McGregor talked to me, uh, and they asked me where I'm from and what's my name and stuff like this, and wish me luck in the camp. And uh, it was very very cool, very inspiring, and to see like a guy at his level and uh, like his popularity. You know, talking to some 17 years old kid that just came to the gym and wishing him luck and like asking about him. It was a like, you know, great experience for me. Dude, you fought a lot. You've been really active for someone that's so young at 22. Do you think this is the best way to start in MMA? Like start early or do you think spacing out your career is better? I don't know. I don't know because it can be, it can go many ways. I feel uh, for me right where I am right now, it's the best place for me. Uh, I didn't really had amateur fights, but I compete a lot in BJJ. I did more than 30, 40 kickboxing fights. And uh, yeah, probably the, the main issue for me, it was like uh, that uh, I did a very, very big jump, you know, from fighting in Europe and Russia and never been in the US before my contender. And uh, then, like, I came to the U.S., I saw all the media, the cameras, the UFC, like, everything was for me very, very new. And uh, it affected me, it affected my mind. And uh, I was, like, not prepared for this, you know. And uh, this is, I feel, uh, was uh, a mistake. But still, you know, I got a, a chance because uh, I get uh, good wins. I got good wins. They offered me the chance and they took it. But uh, except of this... I feel uh, that even now I'm going to turn very soon to 23 years old. I'm training, sparring, fighting the best guys in the world, and I'm doing very well. And uh, I feel for me it's the right path. That I believe you're a black belt in jiu-jitsu. Is this correct? Yeah. So why I find this so crazy is, dude, people take sometimes 18 to 19 years to get their black belt, and you're 22 with a black belt. So. Yeah. Does this mean that you've been doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu when you were like five? Or like, how did you manage to do this in such a short time? Yeah, I started to train uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu when I was 11. I started uh, Japanese Jiu-Jitsu when I was four. And then in, uh, when I was 11, I transferred, I started to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And from 11 years old, I got my BJJ black belt when I was 22. So it's 11 years, basically that uh, I compete a lot on the series, a lot in like regional scene in Europe. In uh, I won a world championship for juniors. So, so yeah, I start very young. Crazy. There's a fighter that I interviewed recently from Israel, Eli Aronov. Do you know who he is? Eli, Eli Aronov, yeah. I know, yeah, I know sorry, Eli Aronov. You know him? Yeah, yeah we train together. He came to oh, the you gym. Oh, you do? Yeah, he came to my gym uh, like before his last fight in Canada last year. And uh, because we don't really have a lot of fighters in Israel and the scene is very small, especially in our weight. So Eli asked my help and uh, I was helping him to, to prepare for his fight. And we were sparring uh, twice a week or once a week for like a couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, and he did great in, in, in that fight. So, yeah. He's um, got a really tough undefeated opponent, but should be we should we be worried for his opponent? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. No, I wish him luck. I hope he wins. 
but uh, this is MMA. This is like, you know, it's uh, you can win a fight and one uh, one like correct fight, uh, punch can uh, change everything. So I hope uh, he will be disciplined with his uh, game plan and doing uh, everything like he planned. And uh, and yeah, like if he's doing everything by his game plan, he should win. I think he will win. You met Francis Ngannou. What was he like? It was huge. He was huge. Yeah. It was a cool was experience. Huge. Yeah. Bro, I didn't realize like how, how big he is like until I saw him in uh, in real uh, time. And uh, like we did photo and I look on his leg, his leg was like bigger than my upper body. And this guy is just a ma- machine. So, yeah. What do you think about uh, Jones versus uh, Francis? Jones versus Francis? Uh, yeah, like John Jones. What, who would you pick in that fight? I don't know. I don't know. It's very tough. I probably, like, I will go, I will cheer Francis because uh, we train in the same gym and uh, we have the same coaches. But uh, honestly, I think John's probably more skilled overall. But also Francis got bombs in his hands and is uh, not uh, that easy to take him down. So I will go with Francis in this fight. Do you think Tyson Fury versus uh, Francis is a bullshit fight or do you think it's actually legit? Like, it depends uh, in which uh, point of view you're looking at it. Like, if you're looking at it, uh, like, let's say, let's say it's not a uh, high, like, high-level boxing fight, right? Because uh, you bring in an MMA world champion against a boxing world champion. It is very entertaining fight and uh, people uh, don't think Francis have a chance, uh, which, of course, the odds against him. But uh, still, everyone has this, uh, you know, little hope that Francis can, like, give him his right hand and uh, Fury will go down. So this, so it will be interesting to, to watch it. But, uh, of course, uh, like, uh, it's not the same, like, if Usyk will fight uh, Tyson or if, like, Joshua. This is, like, uh, real boxers that have been doing boxing all their life. So. Can I have your prediction for Aljamain Sterling versus Sean O'Malley this weekend? Mm. Yeah, I think, I think Aljo will, uh, will out-wrestle him, will smash him on the ground. And uh, I think it will go to decision five rounds. And I think uh, Aljo will win at least three rounds, three or four rounds. A really interesting fight that's coming up is Usman wants to fight Wonderboy. Now, I love this fight, personally. Yeah. I think yeah. I think Wonderboy actually wins. And I'm going to pick him as an underdog, and I would do it every single time. Uh, what do yeah. you think? Do you think that's the incorrect prediction, or would you go with Usman? It's tough. Like I really like uh, like Wonder Boy and his uh, style. Also, he coming. Uh, I think he he have now a win streak, right? Last fight was against Holland. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, yes. So, so yeah. So this is depends a lot, you know. Like uh, the fighter mind, it's uh, it can like change the completely the fighter. Usman coming after two losses. One of them was really bad. I think he don't have the same confidence as he had like when he was a champion and uh, probably yeah, like if it's three rounds so I think uh, Wonderboy can uh, outstrike him in the distance and win by points 
So I interviewed Maki Patolo, Coconut Bombs. I looked at your Instagram. Yeah. I think you did some underwater training. Did you do some deep end uh, fitness with him? Yeah, yeah. Maki, Maki is my very good friend and he's my coach. He like coached me now through the whole camp. I trained with him already 10 weeks for this camp. Uh, I train uh, with him in the deep end, in the underwater trainings. I train with him uh, in the pads, with him drills. He's a very good guy, very professional. I love how we mix uh, the strength conditioning world with the MMA world. Uh, like we're not just doing CrossFit and stuff like this. You know, everything is very specific to who we're fighting against and uh, like to to make our uh, how to say like to make us better at what we need. You know, uh, he, he like calculate everything and he's very smart about the trains. And the uh, different fitness is one of my uh, favorite sessions because it's so me mental. It's like also it's like physically hard yeah, but. It's a uh, more mental, and I felt and I feel like it developed me a lot, you know, in the in my mind and uh, my mental side. What can you say about the like the oxygen and the cardiovascular side of the deep end uh, training? Like, can you see a difference in your breaths? Like, when you're in the cage, can you see a difference in your cardio and your oxygen levels just in your in your body when you're fighting because you've done this underwater training? Or how do you feel about that? Like, it affects uh, good in many ways. I feel the like the biggest uh, impact on me uh, that is doing like uh, when I'm doing the the fight and sparring and. Uh, and like let's say I'm very tired and I'm fatigued and I feel like my hands like stuck you know I can't leave them anymore so I always uh, like my mind uh, make me more calm and telling me that everything under control and I still have power in me I still have, have energy you know like uh, because in the deep end you always need to like to 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 face situations when you don't have oxygen and uh, you want to give up and you want to go up to to breathe you know but uh, your mission is uh, still like continuing to do something, and you're talking with yourself under the water and saying like everything good. I still have I have one more minute in me. I have 15 seconds in me, you know. And this is like pushing me to your to your real limits, and this is uh, helps you to find your limits. And a lot of time before I thought like uh, even inspiring or something after the third or the fourth round, I done. I can't do anymore. I can't go for the fifth. But uh, since I know my limits, I know that I can do even 10 rounds. And uh, it's all in my mind because my if like I force my body, my body keep working. I've got a question. Um, what's your favorite game in the underwater uh, training that he does? What's your favorite game? What's the favorite drill that he does? Uh, we have only one game. It's called the Underwater Torpedo League. It's a very cool game. It's like like soccer under the water, just like with fighting. You know, like we wrestle each other, like we, we need to put the torpedo inside the goals. And uh, there's two teams and it's uh, like there you really push your limits because like, especially if you're a competitive uh, person, because you want to score the torpedo and someone wrestle with you and you like, you need to shake him off and keep swimming to the goal and like until you score it. So this is very cool, very fun. The first time I did this, I think I was under the water only like for 10 seconds because, uh, you know, it's only like, it's a game, it's competition, it's stressful. But right now I feel uh, much uh, better right there. I can be even like 40 seconds, one minute under the water and play and don't go for a breath. Uh, a breath. 
So uh, it's really fun. It's really fun. What do you do? What do you do if you're under the water and someone's wrestling you and you need oxygen and you've been down there for 50 minutes? Do you have to tap or something to tell them I need to go back up? Or what do you do? No, so, so, so you have two options. Either you pass the torpedo and then they, they have to leave you. Either, uh, either you just leave the throat somewhere the torpedo because the only way like he can wrestle you is uh, if you have the torpedo in your hand. Like it's a safety rules, you know. If you don't have the torpedo, we can't wrestle. Yeah. If you said that you can do around 10 rounds of cardio in the yeah. cage, do you think that do you think that you can push the pace even more now? And would you leave, do you fight in a way where you don't leave anything in the tank, kind of like Robbie Lawler? Like once the fifth rounds are done, you've spent everything that you that you have. Yeah, I think uh, this is like uh, like there's two things for this. The first one, I think uh, every fighter want, uh, of course, everyone wants entertaining fights, but everyone wants uh, to win by the like let's say easiest possible way here. Yeah, let's let's say like if I can uh, out wrestle you. And they keep you on the ground for the whole round. So I will do that. I will like not uh, start to trade with the shots uh, if I if I don't have to do it. You know, I always looking for me the fastest uh, way to to win the fight. And uh, the second part about the cardio, uh, yeah, I think fighters sometimes uh, uh, don't want uh, to get to the situation when they like out of out of breath and they they so tired and fatigued. And they still have like two more rounds or one more round, and uh, this is like the most uh, disgusting and kind of scary feeling for a fighter. You know, when like you are out of your energy, you left everything, and now you need uh, to fight one more round or two more rounds. And uh, I just think fighters uh, trying to be more calculated about uh, expanding their energy and try like to to not leave it all. Like, let's say, un- until the last round or the last minute or whatever, like, last 30 seconds, you know? And, uh, like, like it's you, you need to really know your body. And uh, this is why you need a lot of fights, a lot of experience. This is why I feel uh, I'm getting better from fight to fight because I get to know my body better. You know, like, I feel tired, uh, let's say, after one round, but I know that I still can push for two rounds. Or, like, I feel very tired and I know that, Okay, I can push one more round. So let's say I will like walk or like travel uh, on the cage like uh, for 30 seconds because I need to recover, you know, stuff like this. And this is like what deep and fitness uh, giving you the confidence that uh, it doesn't matter how tired you are, how fatigued you are, you still can push. Everything is in, in your mind and uh, you can force your body to work and uh, to do whatever needs to, do, to be done, you know. So this is how I feel right now. In this camp, it's the first time I feel so confident, uh, so confident in my cardio, in my shape. I know that uh, even if like I'm so tired, I can't move. I still can push one more round, two more rounds, and uh, this is all mental. How long can you hold your breath for? Uh, my record was uh, two minutes forty seconds. That's actually really good. That's fucked yeah. up, dude. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, trying, I'm trying to, to break a Lomachenko record. Lomachenko record. What, what, was, what was Lomachenko's record? It's four minutes. Oh, that... <laughs> yeah. Dude, four minutes is insane. That's it. That's it's crazy, insane. Man. 
it's crazy. I saw you. I saw your Instagram. Uh, I think I saw. I think I saw Michelle Pereira. I can't be. I can't be too sure. Like sometimes yeah. I do research. Sometimes I see YouTube videos. I don't know where I've seen it, but I think yeah. I saw Michelle Pereira with you. Does he do those backflips in in training camp, or does he just do them in the cage? Yeah, no. Actually, I'm asking him about this. I told him like because I see him in, in sparrings and like we 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 good friends because we spar a lot. Like we really spar a lot together, and uh, maybe now we will spar a little bit less because he went uh, to middleweight. But uh, when it was uh, 170, we spar a lot together, and like I, I see, I saw him tired, you know, in sparring, and like like everyone, and like I asked him after the one sparring, tell him, bro, like, why you not save your like energy in the fight, like instead of like do flying <laughs> knee or like give some very uh, hard uh, kick or punch, why you spend your energy on backflip? And uh, he told me, bro, this is entertaining and uh, people love to watch it. And this is uh, why I'm the fighter like that I am right now. Tell me, yeah, it makes sense. I tell him, like, do you train on this? And then I saw him doing uh, pads. And let's say doing like five rounds of pads. After each round, he finished the round. He do three backflips and then he's resting for uh, the rest of the minutes. Then again, he's starting the round with a backflip, doing the mids, finish the round with a backflip and then again resting and uh, Man, it's like funny to see it, but but it's crazy. This is how you condition that. Because I seem like, you know, it's very tired, fourth round, almost dead, and then you can do backflip and then uh, <laughs> continue to spar and tell him, bro, why you spend your energy on this backflip? That's so. the perfect example of what we were talking about before. I was telling you about pacing in MMA and like when yeah. you get to that point where you want to expend your energy in the third or and in the fifth. Is- the last thing I'll do in MMA fight is a backflip, like during the fight. No way. <laughs> you said something about uh, middleweight. I know he's a welterweight. He's a huge welterweight, and he just missed weight. Is he going to middleweight? Is that what you just said? Yeah, he's going to middleweight. They're gonna fight in a couple months. He already has think... and everything, but I can't uh, say it right now. I think personally, I think personally, just me being an analyst in the sport. I think that he could have cut the remaining pounds. I think that he could have made the weight. I think that the reason that it was Wonderboy, he realized that Wonderboy has taken so many fights with people that have missed weight. And I think he thought, you know what, two, you know, two, three pounds, Wonderboy won't really mind. And, you know, Wonderboy's always game for, for you know, any fight. And I think that he, I think that he stuffed it up. Like, I don't know for sure. I don't know for sure. I can't, I can't be definitive about it. But I think that, I think that, I think that he was way too big for welterweight. And I do think that he could have cut the weight. Do you believe that he could have cut the weight? Or do you think that um, it would have been like a health risk? I, I know the answer because I train with him a lot. And uh, like we, every day together and speaking a lot. And I know he, could, he couldn't uh, make the weight because... Uh, because uh, his body gets too big, he's doing a lot of strength conditioning and uh, eating very well. And uh, let's say he should already should have get a few fights. And every time, like uh, the UFC booking for another uh, date, I know he should to fight last December. They booked him for March, from March to April, from April to June. He was supposed to fight uh, in June 10th in Canada against Wonderboy. Then they rebooked it to end of July. You know, every time he start to cut the weight. Then, then uh, they cancel the fight. He back to uh, to eat a lot, you know, because after every diet you're doing, 
like uh, this this is our life as a fighters like uh, you know because you cut so much weight and after you finish the, the the weight cut after the fight you just go celebrate you eating for two two weeks everything you didn't uh, eat for months and uh, yeah i think this uh, all these weight cuts for nothing just uh, like uh, you know they ruin his, uh, his metabolism and everything and uh, he get too big before the fight like two weeks before the fight he was more than like around 30 30 pounds you know in two weeks before the fight with wonder boy so i knew like it will be very very tough for him to make weight and uh, he almost made it but yeah still three pounds and uh, i know that uh, it was a healthy reason because if he will do this three round uh, three more pounds he probably wasn't uh, like clear to fight you know what do you think about that fight in general, that style matchup between Wonderboy? I picked Steven because I think that he's just such a professional and that just stylistically he could beat uh, Michelle. Now, I know Pereira, I would pick Michelle Pereira to beat a whole bunch of other fighters. I just think in particular that style matchup was a bad matchup for him because the cardio, uh, Wonderboy is very patient and makes a lot of people make mistakes as well as his leg kicks are crazy. And he's just a very good distance manager. So I just thought that uh, he wouldn't be able to grapple with Wonderboy and it would be a striking match. And then Wonderboy would probably beat him via decision. How do you feel about that breakdown? I know that you train with him. So, like, I know that you can be biased to pick Michelle every single time. But do you think that's more accurate? Or would you say that there was, um, you know, there was a a chance that Michelle might have caught him off off guard or something? Yeah, of course. Like there's a big chance, you know. It's not like uh, you wonder why he's a legend, yeah, and he's a elite striker in the UFC and in MMA. But uh, Michelle is not like a, a amateur kid, you know. Michelle have a very serious power. He have like crazy athleticism. Like he's much more athletic than Wonder Boy. Uh, he have like he's very explosive, very unpredictable with his uh, shots and punches. And uh, sometimes this is uh, the hardest fight, you know. Not when you're fighting a technician. Like when you're fighting a very explosive, uh, unpredictable guy that like throw, you know, stuff from nowhere, and like he jumps on you with a superman punch and then flying kick and backflip on your head with his heel, you know, stuff like this. And uh, this is who Michel. And uh, yeah, I think like probably like Wonder Boy was a favorite in this fight, yeah. But I I think that uh, Michel uh, could uh, win him, like, and I don't think the odd uh, will, will be like too big between them also like it was kind of funny because like i wonder boy was uh, always like a role model like for me because i really like his style his personality and everything and then i came to the u.s and uh, started to train with michelle and uh, after like uh, one year he telling me like fighting with wonder boy <laughs> need my help to you know to help me to prepare and we did the whole camp together like more than uh, i think 20 sparring together in this camp in this camp and uh, yeah, that's crazy 20 sparring sessions and then the fight uh didn't come to fruition like 12 hours before the fight that's ridiculous um yeah i think it's the most frustrating thing like for fighters you know because especially in the ufc they let him know about the fight three months before and like you're thinking about uh, who you're gonna fight and uh, you're analyzing everything you focus in the trainings for this like particular style and then uh, the day before fight is cancelled. So, 
Wonderboy even said that he doesn't want the fight rebooked and that he doesn't want to fight Michelle like ever again. That's that yeah. that's crazy. That's such a crazy thing to do because because it was so close and now it almost seems like the fight will never happen. And as well as Michelle moving up in middleweight, what do you think about those um, matchups at middleweight? Do you think he will? Do you think he'll gas out faster at middleweight? No, I think. Uh... His cardio will be even better now because uh, he will cut much uh, less uh, weight, you know, will come stronger. Man, like, I, I, I always, like, ask him, I don't know how he's doing Walter weight. He's huge. He's huge. Even today, he came back to the gym. He, he did the, his, his first sparring since uh, the fight that was supposed to be. And, man, this guy is huge. He's very big, very strong, very muscular. Like, he's a middleweight. He's not a Walter weight. You know, what? and I think... It will fit him better. Yeah, what's so weird about that is that he's got a five-fight win streak, I believe, at welterweight right now. And now yeah. that he's moving to now that he's moving to middleweight, it's like I know it just doesn't transfer over. Like, hopefully, what they can do is chuck him up against like a ranked striker, like like off the bat immediately, like so he can, yeah. uh, you know, he doesn't have to start from from the from where he was at um, welterweight, like he doesn't have to redo his rise into middleweight. If they can chuck him up yeah. against a ranked striker at middleweight, like someone like a Chris Curtis or... I will not like... fight Curtis because uh, we're friends in the same gym. We train together. Really? I thought I thought he yeah. was in extreme couture. Yeah, we train uh, all together in extreme. Like uh, there's um, a, lo- a lot of middleweights in extreme. Yeah, I know Marvin Vittori's there, Sean Strickland's there. There's heaps of people. Who else Curtis, is there? Brad Tavares, Puna Soriano. And I'm sure I'm missing someone else. Roman's there, yeah, he is too. Yeah, um, yeah man, okay, I've just gotten the rankings up. Dude, imagine imagine them put him, putting him up against someone like Jack Hermanson. You know what I mean? That is a yeah. winnable fight, and that is around the ranking that he was at welterweight that he could do, do at middleweight. You know what I mean? I just think that he's – I think he's too much of a talent to, to waste, um, you know, with those non-ranked opponents. He's proven yeah. that he's actually better than what he what he is because, you know, he's he looks – He I would say Michelle looks worse than he actually is because when everybody else is actually fighting, he's jumping off the cage. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think yeah. I think that's the reason that people didn't take him seriously. And then in some fights against like someone like Chaos Williams and different people that that he didn't do all the all the crazy techniques with, he beat him pretty decisively. You know what I mean? Yeah. He won uh, some uh, very good fighters. So I don't know how you can uh, like not take him seriously. Bro, I thought like he was forty until I saw his apology. Said <laughs> 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 this guy. This leg looks like 40 years old. How could you say that? That's so mean. That is so mean. No, it's like grown-ass man, you know? It's not look like 29 years old. Like, I'm thinking I'm going to be now in, like, next week, 23. And there's only six years difference between us. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Um, How did you meet um, Nathan Levy? How do you say his name? Nathan Levy. Yeah, yeah. How'd you meet him, and uh, uh, what, what was that experience like? Uh, Nathan is my like one of my best friends. He's like a big brother for me. Corner me in uh, in some fights. He's gonna corner me in the upcoming fight. 
Uh, we met actually accidentally. I came uh, for my first contender like uh, shooting and I came to do media day. Then I saw Nathan training in the Apex with uh, Eli. It's another uh, like very close friend of us. And uh, they came to me and they like, so they like the scene in Israel is very small. We didn't met each other, but we knew who we are. And uh, he came, say hello, this and that. And then after the media day, uh, we set to meet like for a coffee, you know, to, to meet each other better because uh, there was a very good vibes. And uh, yeah, man, like I was leaving day after the media, like uh, in the evening to Israel. And we, we met up and he told me like, why don't you try to come and do your training camp for the contender in Vegas? There's a very good uh, sparring partners here. Uh, the level very high and also like you don't need to travel and uh, you know get jet lag and all the stuff you'll be right in the place uh, where you're gonna fight and I told him like uh, I never been in the US before so it was like a big move for me I was thinking about that at home but uh, after that uh, yeah I came uh, to Vegas to train and he helped me with everything he said for me like uh, trainings and introduced me to people and uh, he was like, and still like really big brother, you know, helping with the, whatever I need. Uh, and yeah, since then we are very, very close friends. That's all we have time for, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much, Shimon, for your time. Is there any final comments you want to make for the fans at home before we wrap up the podcast? Uh, yeah, for sure. Check out my next fight in uh, Pure FC in uh, August 27 and... Uh, Keep following me because I'm going to be a UFC champion. Follow Shimon on Instagram, link in the description, and subscribe to Anything Combat on YouTube. See you guys next time. Bye-bye.